I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. everybody and welcome 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 to the play on preview it's round nine the final home and away round of the aflw season i'm sad really sad yet kind of happy because it means finals but sad because it's coming to an end i don't know i'm torn are you torn jeb how are you going <laughs> i'm torn i'm also stressed well i think both of us are quite stressed this week yeah. um there's too much going on and not enough time to do it all uh but once the footy is on it'll be fine Yes, exactly. Once the footy's on, we'll all be okay. And for our sake, the footy is on uh, when this will re- when this will be released. It's tonight because we're recording anyway. The footy's on tonight, Friday night. <laughs> Western Bulldogs <laughs> versus Richmond, five ten Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at Witten Oval. Um, this is going to be um, a good game to end. I think for both sides, going to be. I think both sides are going to get challenged um, by each other because both sides have surpassed expectations this year in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I should note that this game is on right after we finish spending the whole day together. So yeah, cuties. Let's uh, <laughs> let's and and Rana as well. So let's yeah. find out if they both hate me by the end of this weekend. Uh, it's a wait and see situation here. Um, yeah. Be. So <laughs> as long as you do two decimal places, it's fine. I won't hate two you. Two decimal places. <laughs> That's um, the rule. I apologise, that was my phone going off. I've put right. it on side. The, the footy started, we've got to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, both sides have surpassed expectations, I think, in different ways. So, um, I think that the Western Bulldogs came into this season and, and in the previews that we did prior to round one and, and the Siren season preview I did with Alison Smirnoff, um, it was like it's a young side that is going to challenge some really good sides this year, but they're not going to be able to do it consistently enough or for long enough to be a challenging team in the top six and I think that's kind of what we've seen happen so they've built for the long term I think the the way they can end their season well would be to get this win but then Richmond who go who went zero and six last year didn't win a game didn't kick a goal in their final game last year they've come out and they've had some really strong performances and they've also had um, wins which is even more significant and wins that where they've been challenged in the second half, particularly the West Coast game last week, and they've come back from that. So I think they've shown real maturity and growth in that respect uh, this year. 
Yeah, and a big part of both teams' games is their marking ability. We've seen Izzy Huntington continue to dominate for the Bulldogs, and then we obviously know the the prowess of Sabrina Frederick and Katie Brennan. How is it going to work in terms of this game? I mean, I guess both both the marking power is up forward for both teams. How do they? How do they, each team's defense combat that? Yeah, so Huntington is um, in twenty twenty one number one av- for average marks. She's at four point eight eight. Not surprising. Eight eight. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Carry on. And. Um, uh, for contested marks, she's 2.63, which is also number one in the competition. What I'm really looking forward to is the idea of Harriet Cordner being matched up on Huntington because Cordner's averaging 4.25 marks a game, which is quite high in terms of the competition rankings. She's also equal ninth for contested marks in the game. So I think Cordner is a great matchup for Huntington, which is really exciting. And then you look at the other 50. Um, Katie Brennan is averaging 3.25 marks a game. She's third in the competition at the moment for average contested marks. So she's one and a half um, contested marks a game. Eleanor Brown is her marking is on par with Harriet Cordner's for wow. defense in the dogs. So those two matchups, I think at either end of the ground is going to be really fun to watch and could have a really big say in this game. Yeah. Eleanor Brown's probably one of those that, that have gone under the radar a bit. She's had a really massively improved year, probably a career best year for her as well. So yep. be keen to see what she does against Richmond. Who are you tipping in this one? I'm going to go dogs by 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause I think they will not work harder, but I think they want to finish their season really, really strongly. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go to the dogs as well. I think home crowd, they'll get right behind them. So dogs for me by 15. Um, looking yep. forward to it. Really am. Um, another game I'm looking forward to is North Melbourne against Frio. We'll be there, Jem, in a different outset. We'll be in the commentary box, not for broadcast, but just having a look and just seeing how we can make our voices sound better, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, so we'll be there. You won't need much help. I will. But yeah, North Melbourne Frio, Saturday at one ten at the lovely Arden Street, one of the homes of female footy um, that, that it's become. Um, and it, I think at the start of the week, we were thinking it's going to be a massive round because we were thinking no Kiara Bowers and no Jenna Bruden. But... Kiara Bowers is there. Jen and Bruden's still not. It's still, it's a big game for North's midfielders. I think this is probably the one time where they can really, really get tested without the without Bruden there. I don't know how you replace her. I think you have mm. to restructure your side to work that out. I mean, maybe, you know, uh, Ghana spends more time on the inside rather than on the outside of the contest. Like, you actually have to change structure because no one can go into the middle and do what Bruton does. So I think that is a really big thing. But, yeah, it's even more magnified given the fact that Bowers is playing. Yeah, I think everyone was kind of thinking, oh, my God, Bowers is a big out. She's a massive out. But I think for me, like, Bruton's the one I'd be more worried about for North Melbourne because, like you said, it's a whole structural change. You know, you can't just – it's not. there's no like for, like, one person to bring in. It's the whole team has to kind of shift their position. I mean, I guess – I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier. I mean, Grace Campbell is a is an option to go yeah. in there because she's been playing in the forward line, hasn't she? Yeah, so she's definitely a possibility. But yeah, we're going to see what team selection comes up with, with Darren Crocker comes up with. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I think Bruden obviously was dominant on was a dominant player on the inside. But you reckon this game is going to be a battle of the outside? Can you tell us about about that? Yes, I've said it a lot, um, but it it is still relevant in this game. The Dockers want to get the ball into space. They want to make sure that they've got an open forward line to make the most of their forward 50 attack. And the Kangaroos want to get that uncontested ball to control the play. So they want to both get that space, that outside ball, but they want to use it in different ways, I think, which is really interesting. And Freo's defence, how do you you think that's going to stack up? Because you you reckon that could even be... The difference, because we've hit, we've seen the 
the improvement of Cuthbertson this year. We've seen the improvement of, you know, Evie Gooch. She might not be there on the weekend, but, you know, she's still a really key cog for them. What's going to happen with their defence? Yeah, so Frio are conceding the third least points a game this year. They're conceding 21.5 points a game from 7.13 scoring shots. So I think that has a big say, and it's because they they do like to do that full-team defensive structure, and they very much support that defensive group, but also that defensive group is very strong. Um, North Melbourne are conceding more than a goal more a game than Frio are um, from nine scoring shots. So I think that has a say. It's also worth noting that Frio are doing 67% of their scoring in the second half North Melbourne are doing 30% of their scoring in the first quarter so this could be very much a momentum game swing between first and second half like we've seen the past two weeks from Frio yeah the old tale of two halves which is I guess what what their um their fellow state sides has struggled with this year West Coast has obviously had that that struggle of tale of two halves and yeah well Frio has a struggle with it but there's definitely a stat that tells you that something happens more in the second half than it does in the first so Really interesting game, this one. I really don't know who to tip. Who are you going to tip? I'm going to go Frio by six. I think they'll be uh, frustrated with the way they lost to Melbourne last week, and I think that will spur them. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think they'll win by four. Um, I know they had that come-from-behind win against the Blues, so they can do remarkable things over in Melbourne, and I reckon they can do it again against North. I mean, they nearly did it against Melbourne, didn't they? Yeah, I know, nearly, very nearly. They've definitely been a couple of close ones these past <laughs> week, these past few weeks. So we'll see how that tests them. But yeah, Melbourne will be on top of the world heading into this round. Um, but they're taking on Brisbane. They're so probably not the easiest opponent to be on top of the world against. But it is at home for them at Casey Fields. That's Saturday at three ten, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And wow, the D's could really turn this competition on its head in this last round. So I put out a tweet the other day that the last time Melbourne lost to Casey was, was 2019. They played three games there that year and lost all three to Fremantle, North Melbourne and Adelaide. Three sides that are vying for finals. I mean, two are locked in as well anyway. Um, North Melbourne is the only one that doesn't have an absolutely confirmed spot. This year, they have play, won every single game at Casey. They've also beaten all three of those teams. So it's a really interesting mirror image of that 2019 season to now. And I think that is showing quite a bit of Melbourne's improvement as well um they are without Sinead Goldrick yeah which is a huge loss her speed in defense was really important for a lot of last week and it was when she went down that Gemma Houghton really kind of started to get into the game my concern is that Brisbane make Melbourne look slow in this game yeah they tend to do that a lot with teams I mean they just they go in with it I mean for Brisbane I think the what's been the trend for them over the years is I suppose for me it's been their defense like their defense Mm -hmm. has always been really strong but this year they seem to have a different game plan for each team and I guess that's why you kind of call them one of the smartest teams in the competition because they research well and they win well too (laughs) yeah and that's the thing I think they are the team where you've seen very clear improvements in small ways Mm. um, as they've learned from other teams throughout the season so uh, the Adelaide game is a really good example of that. Against Adelaide, they kept trying to bomb it into the forward 50 quite shallow from the same place to the same place. It kept coming straight back out and it was just not efficient at all. We haven't seen that them do that since and they've been very um, concerted in the way they've moved the ball around the 50 before trying to enter. And I th- think that's a really good example of them having learned from a loss and become stronger because of it. And I haven't seen another team do that as consistently this year as Brisbane. And then you add on the fact that they've got Lutkins and Conan and a lot of that uh, maturity, that seniority in defense, it makes them such a hard team 
to stop. And and the Lions will want to do what Melbourne has done re- well recently, which is control territory, use forward pressure, make the ground really small. And I think their forward pressure will actually wreck havoc with Melbourne's relatively inexperienced defensive line. So does that mean Brisbane's going to win on your on your in your opinion? I should say. <laughs> I. Oh, you're turning this one, you little Melbourne supporter. <laughs> I know because I thought I was called out last week and I wasn't, so now I feel terrible. But um, no. I think I think the issue for me is I will tip Melbourne, mm-hmm. but um, it genuinely could go either way, and you can't discount Brisbane, especially yeah. given the strong wins they've had on the road this year. Um, also worth noting that we won't be able to go to this game and it kills me uh, yeah, that no. we can't be at this game. And it like, uh, I'll definitely have it on my phone while we're doing other things on Saturday. What about you? Yeah, there's so many blockbusters on this weekend, isn't there? Like, it's, I know. Yeah, Sydney and Adelaide in the men's. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we'll get to our next AFLW game in a second. It's a blockbuster for a different reason. But yeah, I'm going to tip Brisbane in this one. I tipped against them last week and it just bit me in the bum. So I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to go with <laughs> the Lions by five in this one. What was your margin? I'm going to tip Melbourne by two. Ooh, very close. Very close indeed. Um, mm. Yeah, like I said, another blockbuster game coming up for a different reason. And I reckon this margin will be close as well because it's Gold Coast against Geelong. Obviously, they're the two sides sitting at the bottom of the table. So they'd definitely be wanting to win, to end their season on a high note. Um, obviously, no finals implications, but just to, a bit of a spirit booster. Um, Saturday at 4.10 Australian Eastern Standard Standard Time. Jesus, I can't <laughs> talk today. Or 5.10 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at Metricon Stadium. Jeez, it's... It is. It's the tale of the winless sides. Um, wh- wh- how are they going to um, – what tactics do you think they're going to employ? Like, you know, is it, is it time to just throw all the tactics out and just go and play some free footy or is it time to actually do some oppo research and really make sure you get the win? I think they're going to just try to play just the way they want to play. Um, and for, for the Suns, I think that starts with their pressure game, absolutely. And I think that is maybe the thing that's going to get the job done for them. Um, both sides, I know they're both winless. Both have had some games where they've just been really poor, but they both also had some games where they've shown potential. So that makes me think this is actually going to be kind of like the West Coast Gold Coast game a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the two most talented sides in the comp, but it was a great game to watch. I think that's what this game is going to be as well. Yeah, and I think um, I think it might also be a low-scoring one, um, mm-hmm. considering how these sides have gone this year. That's not to say that's a bad thing, but it just probably will be a low-scoring one. Can you give us a bit of an insight into why it might be that low-scoring? Yeah, so the the two lowest scoring sides in the competition this year, Geelong are averaging 15.38 points a game from just over five scoring shots. Wow. They're kicking at 38% accuracy, scoring accuracy as well. So not only are they not um, generating many shots, they're also not making the most of those shots either. So it's just kind of frustrating for Geelong's forward mm. line. The Suns, they're kicking at a better efficiency. So they're kicking up at 47% scoring um, accuracy, but they're also averaging just 19 points a game from just under six scoring shots a game. So again, they're not creating the shots. Um, They're getting stuck in their back half because they're having to defend, defend, defend. Um, But at least the Suns are making a little bit more of the options that they, the opportunities that they do create. Yeah, and I remember you put us um, some graphics out, I think probably at the midpoint of the AFLW season, about the leading goal scorers for each team. And I think both Geelong and Gold Coast leader kicker was like, goal kicker was like two goals, you know. It was just, yes. it was Sad. very dire reading. So, um, 
yeah, we, we hope we can see a few more goals this week. You never know, Metrico said, if it, if it is a nice day and if the teams just do go out and play some free-flowing footy, we could see a nice high-scoring game. But, yeah, I'm not sure who to tip in this one either. God, I'm, I'm going to struggle this week. Who are you going to go for? I'm, I'm going to go the Suns by 10. I think the, the potential we've seen from them, um, plus them being at home, says a lot. Also, we should note that this will be Astro Connor's last game of AFLW. She's going to be retiring after this game. So oh, incredible I didn't even career! Know that. Oh, what yeah. an incredible career! She's been an absolute. She's a. She's one of the pioneers of female footy. Like she played in the exhibition game. She played in the old VWFL comp. Like she's been there the whole way through. She's played with the boys, you know. So, yeah. It also feels sorry to interrupt you, but it also no, feels go. appropriate that her final game is in Queensland. She's a Queenslander, um, and it's against someone, Jade Prigelli, who. Mm. Uh, they, they were Ruck Rover. They were a really strong duo at Logan during Logan's five-time premierships um, throughout the mid-2000s. Like, that's a that's a grassroots community footy, uh, incredible story. Both of them have made it to the highest level. And the fact that Asta goes out in those circumstances against Jade, I think it's, I think it's going to be really beautiful as well, which is really exciting. Yeah, we hope Asta can get some of her family down there as well. I'm sure they will come in in leaps and bounds to say farewell. Um, yeah, I hope the Cats get a win for her. But, yeah, I'm going to go with you and tip the Suns as well. I just think the home ground advantage will help them this time. Even though they did have a pretty disappointing loss against the Blues at their home ground, um, I still think they might be able to bounce back and get a, a three-point win in my Three books. points. Yeah, so it's still going to be a close one. But, yeah, I still reckon they'll get the win. So, yeah. We'll see how that one goes. <laughs> and now from the bottom of the ladder, we go to the top of the ladder. It's Adelaide versus Collingwood. My, oh, my. Another great game, Jim. We're just going to be on the couch all weekend, aren't we? Sunday at 12. No, we're going to be studying, but everyone else is going to be on the couch. So Sunday at 12.10, Australian Central Standard Time, or 12.40, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at Normal Noble. Well, Gem and I will give you an insight into what we're going on about at the end of the podcast, but let's get through all the games first. Um this is going to be the Pies' biggest challenge. We're waiting all season for them to get out of Melbourne, and here they are. They're finally going. What's going to happen? Are they going to struggle? Are they going to keep going? How they're going? I don't know. We never see them outside of Melbourne. Well, that's the thing. Like we always, uh, we've probably mentioned, and a lot of people have mentioned that they've not had to leave Melbourne. Let, al- let alone Victoria, they've not had to leave Melbourne for eight weeks. Yeah, everyone else has had to travel, do all this sort of stuff, and Collingwood have just stayed home the whole time. And we talk about it being advantageous in terms of the ladder position and they've got the wins and this and that. But come now, they don't have any experience of dealing with that travel and then they don't have it coming into finals. So is it going to come back to bite them, really? That's what my question is. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to tell just because, yeah, we haven't seen them being really challenged outside of, like, a home deck. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens here. And... Just in the game before, you mentioned that the that Goldcrest and Geelong were probably the, the lowest side of the scoring end, but these two teams are on the highest side of the scoring end. Can you give us some stats that, that back that claim up? <laughs> yeah, so again, I feel like I've hit a theme this week with um, the stat I'm using for a lot of the games, but I think it's really relevant for a lot of these games, given what the matchups are. So Adelaide are averaging the highest score per game in the competition. They're averaging um, 51.88. There you go, two decimal points for you. Love it, point, thank you. Points a game. Um, and Collingwood are consistent conceding the fewest so Adelaide's kicking the highest scores Collingwood are conceding the lowest score so Collingwood are conceding 19.88 points a game wow. um 8-8 eight, eight you know, as well oh my god 8-8 yeah, <laughs> as well yep um that is the defense as well remember that has just lost Lauren Butler and Jordan Allen mm. so that's a factor um 
It's worth noting that both Fremantle and Melbourne held Adelaide to 15 and 13 points respectively. So their next lowest score was 45 points and their average is nearly 52. Melbourne and Adelaide kept them to... uh, Melbourne and Fremantle kept them to the teens. So is this potential that Collingwood could do the same? I was just about to say that. I'm like, if any team team could do it, it'd be the team that's above them on the ladder. I think at this point, yeah, Collingwood's above Collingwood. So Collingwood's above Adelaide. (laughs) Collingwood's above Collingwood. Collingwood's above Collingwood. See see about this talking thing? Before you get a mic in your hand, you need to know how to talk. Clearly, I just put the mic in my hand and hope for the best. So (laughs) it's not going too well. Tip the game, Jeb. Putting me on my misery. <laughs> I'm going to go Adelaide by five because I think they really do get up and about at the, their home ground. And I think it's a big challenge for Collingwood to travel all of a sudden. What about you? Yeah, it's such an unknown, isn't it? Um, I really, I think I want to tip safely and tip Adelaide as well. I'm going to tip them by 10. Because, um, yeah, I know the tipping now is really close between me, yourself and myself. Oh, you're, so. you're definitely ahead. <laughs> I'm still ahead. I don't I know. So, I, yeah. I try to I try to give a fun tip each week to try and to try and see how I go, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm too nervous to go against <laughs> Adelaide. Adelaide, so I won't be doing that. Um, but I tell you what, I might be going um for the f- against the home team in this game. It's the Giants against the Blues. That's on Sunday at four ten Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at Blacktown International Sports Park. I can't remember the last t- time we played a. The last, I think the last time Carlton played together at Blacktown was the thunderstorm or something, wasn't it? Something like that. I'm it's always a thunderstorm yeah, up there. Yeah, it's, al- it's always a thunderstorm there anyway. So, yeah, I'm just thinking as I'm just putting my Carlton Nuffy hat on. I'll take that hat off and, <laughs> and talk about how much the Blues need a big win. <laughs> yeah, well, this is on the assumption that North Melbourne lose as well. So, Carlton still have that So, tiny... just to interrupt. So, if, if you're a Blues fan listening, you need North Melbourne to lose and Carlton to have a massive win to make finals. Is that the, is that the equation? Ideally, North Melbourne lose by a significant margin. Mm. So, it's because... a very slim chance. The percentage they need to make up is something like 20%. Right. And their win over the Suns last week was a 60-point win and they gained 12%. So Ooh. it needs to be both ways. So free, uh, North Melbourne need to lose percentage and Carlton need to gain percentage. So that's, that's why it's a, a slim chance. That's a good summary. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, But I, I think it could make for a really fun game from Carlton because it'll be do or die. They're just going to be all-out attack. Mm. And it could be a really interesting game to watch. Yeah, I, I reckon it could be. I mean, and the Giants as well, I think they've been on the improvement in the, in the past couple of weeks. They've really kind of got their season on track, but they're going to have to do some work against against Carlton's defence, who's also been able to get their season on track with the Harringtons, the Lala Weefies, the Charlotte Wilsons as well. Um, how do the Giants combat that defence? Because they have got a few tools, but it might be even their smalls that might be the game breakers here. Yeah, I think they're going to need some quick ball movement to get through that set up because mm. we have seen it break down when you do get that quick ball movement but poorer teams haven't been able to get through it because they stop and they go slowly so I think that's got to be the thing Giants need to be daring quick when they win clearances not look for shallow entries try to get deep kicks on the head of Privatelli because you know Privatelli can outmark anyone um, in a contested situation um, I think Hanin Zurika could be a game changer here for them yeah, they usually try and go to, you know, the likes of Staunton and, and Privatelli and often at times they're outnumbered or they struggle mm. to bring the ball to the ground. But if they can bring the ball to the ground, you're right, Zerika against a tall Tim McCartan defence could be a real game changer. So um, can, can she do enough to get them the win? 
I don't think so. I think because Carlton will be just all or nothing. I think Carlton will win by 30. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to tip the Blues as well. I'm going to tip them by 25. Um, I know they're going to want to have the, the the big chance to win, but yeah, we'll see. I don't reckon it's by 30. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a pessimistic supporter. Who knows? <laughs> That's me. That's me. We yeah. can, can relate. <laughs> Pessimism. Woo. Um, well, two teams that don't need to do a bit of worrying about the end of the season uh, or any of those final notifications like the Blues is West Coast and St Kilda because they'll be facing off at, on Sunday at 3.10 Australian Western Standard Time or 6.10 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at Mineral Resources Park. Um, but... It's, it's, I think at the start of the year, I would have tipped the Saints, you know, by loads and loads, but the Eagles are up and about. Absolutely. They're, the thing that I love about watching them play at the moment is that they're willing to try things and yeah. they don't hang their heads if they go into a halftime breakdown. And that's what we saw last week. And that second half was brilliant in the wet as well. They were just trying. And it sounds so stupid to say they were trying, but they weren't locking down and just trying to defend so they didn't get scored too heavily against. They were... Yeah. I think Having by trying, you, yeah. I think by trying, you just mean like they were attacking. Like they weren't. I think some teams when they're when they're in a lead or when they're down, they just try to park try to park the bus. Really, like the old soccer tactic. So you're right. It's good <laughs> to see them actually try to attack and and do something. So yeah, they are up and about. But in the middle is going to be the key battle. Um, we know St Kilda have a really talented midfield, and we obviously know West Coast has struggled with injuries for the better part of the year. Yeah, that's the key as well, isn't it? So, I mean, Patrikios has been doing the bulk of the work in the recent weeks. Yeah. Tiana Smith, um, she's trying to provide a bit of protection without Nadex on there, without Kate McCarthy there. She had another 12 tackles last week, but she can only do so much. Yeah. I think that's where the issue is because Tiana Smith has to focus so heavily on defending or protecting Patrikios. She's not able to do as much with the ball herself, and, and that's caused a bit of a problem. Um, the Eagles midfield, though... They're not they're not able to select their probably their first choice midfielders at the moment and haven't for a few weeks. But they've battled really strongly. So they've they've been spreading the load between Sinead Davison, who is largely a forward, Kelly Gibson, Neve Kelly. There's a lot of players spending time in there and having little bursts of impact, which I've really liked. Um I, I think the thing about this is that we'll just get to see some exciting young talent have a crack in this midfield because, I mean, Vesely and Zenos are not in the St Kilda midfield and, and we don't know about um, uh, about Kate McCarthy, whether she's back. Mm. And then you look at West Coast and there's no hooker, there's no Swanson. Like, it's just going to be young players having a go and I think that's really a fun way to end the season. It's, exci- it's an exciting way to end the season. I mean, I love watching young players just go out and really impress. You know, we've seen like, you know, players like Courtney Hodder just have moments of absolute brilliance. So I'm hoping we could see some of that from the St Kilda and West Coast youngsters. I think it would be amazing. Um, which youngsters are going to come out on top in the end, do you reckon? I'm going to go with West Coast by 15. Um, Bella Lewis got the Rising Star nom. Yep. Michaela Bowen's doing plenty of nice things. So I'm going to go with West Coast. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to tip West Coast as well. I'm kind of liking what they're doing at the end of the season. Um, I don't reckon it'll be a, a big margin. I reckon it's going to be probably about five points. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm really liking in particular Michaela Bowen's work. I think she's probably one of the shoe-ins for the Best and Fairest Award for the, for the Eagles. So, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think she's probably going to be the one that's going to get it in the end. She's probably flown under the radar, but then just come up in leaps and bounds. I think she's highly rated internally, but because of there's so many midfields in the competition that you can talk about, she kind yeah. of gets the missed out. So, yeah, I think she's probably the one leading the way.
So that's the end of the AFLW home and away season, all nine rounds. Um, so we're looking. Sad. F- I know it is a bit sad. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> I haven't even watched the games yet. I'm already feeling a bit teary because I know for for me, probably my my blue baggers won't even be in the next the next phase of the game. So, um, but your D's <laughs> might. So um, let's look at how the 2021. They are. They're they are. Oh, yeah, they confirmed. They are confirmed. Absolutely confirmed. <laughs> Good call, Jen. Of course you'd know that. 2021 <laughs> AFLW finals. So. The setup is it's a top six that gets through to the finals and um, there's a week of qualifying finals, then a week of prelims, then obviously the grand finals. So a three-week final series. Um, in week one, it's the qualifying there's qualifying final A, which is third versus sixth, and there's qualifying final B, which is fourth versus fifth. Um, and then in week two, um, the winner of the qualifying final A, which is the third versus sixth game, goes on to play the second-place team this year. And then the winner of the fourth versus fifth game will go on to play the team that finishes on top. So the two top teams have a break in their first week of finals and then go on to play the prelim. And then, yeah, see what happens in the grand final. Uh, I, w- I would get some early tips now, but I reckon we can save it for uh, the end of round nine because I'm excited I'm excited to preview these finals. I'm enticed at the uh, – as the ladder currently stands, mm. uh, <laughs> we'd get another – Fremantle Melbourne matchup in uh, the first week of finals, which <laughs> could could end my life. <laughs> oh, I want to be in the room where all the Melbourne boys are watching it as well because they went off when Lily Mitchell kicked that goal. I want to be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and her celebration was the best. Yeah. Oh my god, it was amazing. That I hope hopefully that does come because I'd love to see the build up during the week and, and all the fi- and all the replays of that goal because that was sensational. So yeah, a couple of mouth-watering matchups there but tell you what a couple of mouth-watering matchups in the vflw as well just quickly um yep we just had round four go by we had some really um we had some really interesting results come up so um williamstown beat the western bulldogs at home um so 5 8 38 to 3 4 22 um geelong and port melbourne port melbourne got another win they haven't lost this season yet they're sick they won 6 3 39 to 3 5 23 at deacon uni um, Casey Demons, your girls had a big win over the Southern Saints, six six forty two to two five seventeen. Um, Carlton and North, my girls got a big win against the Kangas. Um, well, not a big win, but a win, um, eight four fifty two <laughs> to six eight forty four. That's their second consecutive win of the season. But the biggest win of the round went to Essendon, who've been really putting on the wheels this season, ten ten seventy to Darabin's three. So a big sixty seven point poor win. Poor Darabin. Yeah, poor Darabin. I know they were once the really dominant team of the VWFL, and now they're well, just all their all their players are in the AFLW. Yeah, now. exactly. So all their players are gone, and that's that's what tends to happen. So um, the same thing for Hawthorne. They went down to Collingwood two one thirteen to three ten twenty eight. So Collingwood's VFLW side is also experiencing the inaccuracy woes of their. AFLW side but <laughs> going on to this weekend they're playing the Casey Demons so they might be able to get back on top in that section there that's at 10 a.m. Hey. in Victoria Park sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh no I forgot about you um Southern <laughs> Saints are playing their first game at Trevor Barker Trevor Barker Oval this season that's uh, um against Darabin at 10 a.m. as well um the Blues taking on the Hawks at Icon Park at 2 p.m. I like the sound of that game could be a third straight win for the Baggies um the Bulldogs are getting on the road against or not getting on the road the Geelong Geelong getting on the road against the Bulldogs they're playing them at VU Witten Oval at 2 p.m. on Saturday on Sunday 
the Bombers are back at the hangar once again and they're playing against Port Melbourne. I'm really excited Ooh, for that one. That'll be a good matchup. Yeah, two top teams really going at it um, at the hangar, which has become a really good venue for VFLW footy. Um, and then lastly, a curtain raiser to the AFLW game on Sunday is North Melbourne's VFLW team taking on Williamstown at 12pm. So if you're getting down to Arden Street, make sure you get down early and watch the VFLW girls and support them as well. So looking forward to those matches. Um, and I guess another another dose of footy you could do, <laughs> just in case you want another option of footy, <laughs> um, is to get down to watch some AFL men's. Um, I think by the time this gets released, Carlton and Collingwood will be finished. So... We'll Depends on how quickly I do some editing. Yeah, okay. We'll tip it anyway, and if not, you can just cut this bit out. So, Carlton <laughs> Collingwood, I'll be I'll be in the stairs tonight, praying and hoping that the Blues can get a win. Who are you tipping? I'm going to go with Carlton as well, actually. I really liked oh, their no. form last week. Oh, no. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Geelong, Brisbane. Just tip that one, please. Put me on a misery. <laughs> I'm going to go for Brisbane in this one. They'll be really mad at what they served up yeah. last week yeah that's a friday night at gmhba stadium by the way um with no, with no patrick dangerfield too um mm. so i'm going to tip brisbane just because purely of that factor as well awesome. um then we move over to saturday at the scg your boys the swannies are taking on the crows you tipping the swannies Buddy's back. Imagine Errol Goulden kicking it into Buddy Franklin with the most perfect inside 50. Oh, I tell you what, I and think... I can't even watch it live and I'm so annoyed. <laughs> Everyone's talking about Buddy leading into this round, but I reckon they should be talking about Errol. I reckon he's going to probably attract a few eyes in that in that game rather than Buddy. I reckon Buddy's going to be slow off a hamstring, but Errol Goulden is just going to be keeping on keeping on. So I mean, I appreciated all your messages to me during the game last week. It made me very happy. So Errol! <laughs> Uh, so obviously I'm tipping Sydney. What about yeah, you? I think that's a great name too. I'm gonna I'm gonna tip um, I'm gonna tip Sydney as well. Even though Adelaide had a massive, fantastic win, I think Sydney's probably I think Sydney's win was probably even better. So plus Buddy, yeah, plus Buddy exactly. Um, Port versus <laughs> Essendon, Fantasia against his old team Adelaide Oval at 4:35. Who are you going for there? Port by a big margin. Yeah, I'm gonna tip Port as well. Um, I know Essendon want to get revenge, but still, I reckon Port at Adelaide Oval is pretty much unstoppable. So. Yeah, that's pretty standard for me. So, Kilda Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. I've got to go with Melbourne for this one, which I know is a risky one. What about you? Um, I'm going to tip the Sainers. I think they play really well at Marvel Stadium and get their game going in the right way. Yeah. Um, but Metricon Stadium is where it's at. Gold Coast and North. Um, no Matt Rowell, sadly. I think I nearly cried when he did. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it was his PCL in the end. PCL, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm so spewing for him, but I hope the Suns can get a win for him. So, I'm actually going to tip them. Yeah, I'm going Suns as well. Go Robbie, uh, Robbie Fox, Alex Sexton. They look the same. Go Robbie Fox. That's not, they don't even sound the same. <laughs> they look the same. <laughs> but, um, but in speaking of Robbie's as well, we heard Robbie Tarrant's had um, surgery on his kidney just to remove a lump. Um, I think the doctors are still seeing if it's anything serious, but better to get it removed. So good on him for taking that brave step, especially during a footy season. We wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Sunday, um, the Hawks are taking on Richmond, the reigning premiers. Who's going to win that one? As much as it pains me, <laughs> Richmond, I think. Yeah, I think the ties will be too good in this one too. Um, West Coast and Western Bulldogs, Marvel Stadium at 320. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If this had been in WA, I would have tipped the Eagles, but I've got to go with the dogs after that performance last week. Yeah, they look scintillating. I reckon they'll be one of the top four teams this year, so I'm going to go with the dogs as well. Um, and the last game to round out, I suppose, the footy weekend is Frio against the Giants at Optus Stadium. Who are you tipping in that one? Uh, again, if it was in Sydney, I would have gone Giants, but I'm going to go with Frio. Yeah, I like Frio. I like the look of Frio as well. I think they they did they showed some really good signs. They had a lot of injuries, but um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back at home and, and get mm. a win. Yes. So that's that for you, footy weekend. <laughs> Um, should we very briefly talk about what we're doing this weekend? Yes, we should, because there's a big footy weekend for us as well. Um, so what Gem and I are doing is an ABC Sport Women in Commentary program. So it's a great initiative by the ABC to get more of us chickies in the commentary box and getting our voices heard, um, <laughs> just to make sure it's not too much people talking about themselves in the commentary box, hint, hint, BT. So <laughs> we're going to go in and, and shake some stuff up and see how we go. So Gem and I will be there. Your great friend, Rana Hussein, who does the play and review with Gem, will be there as well. Uh, some of our great friends from the Making the Call program will be there too. I'm sure you'll see plenty of photos on Twitter and that from the weekend. So it's a three-day program for us. We'll be learning the ropes, then having a go at calling ourselves at Arden Street on Saturday, and then, yeah, just keep on keeping on learning the ropes as we go along. So I'm looking forward to it. How are you looking forward to it? Look, I definitely am looking forward to it. I'm also very overwhelmed with everything that has to be done in very few hours this weekend. So yeah, if totally. I um, if I have a bit of a breakdown on Monday, this is why. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll look out for that. Um, everyone look out for that. Just... <laughs> See how Tune in to the Play On see, Review on Sunday night, see, see how, how I'm travelling. Yeah, I was going to say, go on the Play On Review and just see Jen have a breakdown. Then don't talk, we're, not gonna hear, we're not here for the footy, we're here for the breakdown. So I <laughs> hope you guys enjoy that one. hope you guys enjoy the Play On Preview and we'll see you next week. Yeah, catch up. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 